Hello and welcome to Your Life Choices. It's me, John Deeks, and you are very welcome. What is your earliest memory of going to the library? Now, it might uh, be a smell that you remember, a bit of a musty smell. It might be a bit of uh, terror of going in that you actually were going to sneeze or, or speak and have somebody go... Well, thank goodness that uh, things have changed when it comes to our local library because it's a wonderful resource and it's a resource I would like to explore with Sarah Hopkins, the Corporate Manager Customer Experience for Eastern Regional Libraries, your library. And Sarah joins us today to explore all the wonders that are in the, the modern library. Hello, Sarah. Hello, John. Thank you for joining us and thank you so much for explaining last time we spoke on uh, demystifying computers and how computers uh, can be understood and used in libraries. But today we'd like to expand it. What is your earliest recollection of going to a library? I can remember borrowing from the children's part of my local library. And then when I was age 12, I was able to get a card that let me borrow from the adult section, which was terribly exciting. I'm sure I didn't really understand any of the books and there was no such thing as YA uh, authors in those days. We just plunged straight into Agatha Christie and, <laughs> I don't know, other Georgette Heyer. But, um, and and was, was there a lady behind the counter who looked down uh, her nose over her glasses at you and her glasses were on a string of pearls? There was very much the staff were behind the counter <laughs> and the public were on the other side of the counter behaving themselves very well. And a stamp went in your book at the back and well, I can see the dates being changed now on that uh, stamp yes. and you had to bring it back and uh, if it was overdue, woe betide you, That's young right. lady. So the things have changed so much. Uh, I remember going into my local library in the southern regions of, uh, of Victoria and just being amazed at uh, the amount of not just books but newspapers from everywhere, magazines from everywhere and so much more. That's right. So libraries have got lots more stuff these days yeah. because publishing has expanded so much. So books are not just in print. You can listen to them. You can be watching things on DVDs, listening to music. There are magazines. There are newspapers, like you say. And then there's a whole other part of the collection, which is the online collection that you don't even see when you come to the library, but you can still borrow through your computer or your iPad or your phone. We're going to get to that a bit later on, but it must be wonderful for you to see people coming into the library for the first time for a long, long time and go... <gasps> My goodness gracious me, this is a whole world I haven't uh, been to before. That's right. And like you said, everybody knows what a library is because everybody's been to a library at some stage. The State Library of Victoria is over 150 years old. So everybody thinks they know what a library is. I've been there. It's a bit overwhelming. Yes. It's bit so overwhelming. it's what it was when you last went there. But libraries have so much more now. They have more programs, more things happening. It's less about text and quiet and more about connection and people being able to do things and find things out and enjoy themselves. In fact, one of the big complaints we get in libraries now is that they're too noisy. <laughs> really? Wow, there's a turnaround. There are some wonderful areas for the children to go to and this is this is a fantastic thing because the kids 
only know the library is a wonderful resource now, not only the one at school, but also their local libraries. So it's it's great they've got the kids' areas. That's right. So reading for pleasure and finding enjoyment in, in books and ideas and language and communication is something that libraries, you know, hold very dear and want to try to, I guess, inculcate into every every person that they can. And starting off with the children is the best way to do it. Uh, the kids are on their screens all the time. We we can't change it. It drives me crazy when I see them actually with a screen plonked in front of them while everyone else is eating. Uh, I think it's just terrible. I know I'm old, but, you know, they, they should be integrated into the conversation in some way, I feel. Uh, is there a change in the library's approach to what kids are using with screens and having a physical book? We find it's a, it's a mixture. So children still love the books, especially picture books. Yeah. And even though we have screens in our libraries where they can come and play games, it enables us to offer resources that we don't otherwise have. So we have a program where you can listen to children's books in other languages. Really? So, and oh. they're very popular and it's very interesting which languages are most common. Tell me. So we have a family who's living out in regional Victoria who recently popped in to say his children loved the Busy Things program because they could listen to books in French. They don't speak very much English. So they've obviously arrived from France or a French-speaking country. They're living in country Victoria. But at their library, they can still be read to in French. Is there a commonality through libraries? This is probably a big question to ask you because I know your area is sort of the southern eastern region in Victoria. But uh, Indigenous understandings. I mean, back in the day, we learnt very little. I'm talking about the early 50s of um, our first Australians. Um, but is 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 there more interest in in learning more about uh, Indigenous culture and and all things Aboriginal? Well, it's interesting you should say that because. In Victoria, at least, uh, libraries work very cooperatively and there's a big three-year project across the whole state to look at Indigenous issues in libraries and how libraries can be more supportive and uh, responsive to the Indigenous population and help to... you know, facilitate conversations around Indigenous issues. So yeah, because it's, I mean, it's one, one thing to have a flag up and to say, you know, we're on we're on your country or whatever, but uh, to actually be educating the kids, uh, having those resources there to have further understand, and I guess having speakers come in and, and be able to talk. That's right. So having things in Indigenous language, we've had some Indigenous language story times at our library in Hillsville, which has quite a big Indigenous population up uh-huh, there from uh-huh. the Corinderk Mission. So lots, lots of things. And Indigenous ways of knowing, is that's a whole other topic about how people learn and understand knowledge and share it. You know, that's, I think that's, there's going to be lots of interesting conversations coming up. Sarah, we've talked about your experience as a, as a young girl going into libraries for the first time. Over your time, what drew you into becoming a, I guess you're a librarian, but uh, you're so much more than that now. What what led you on that path? Well, yes, I am a librarian, but not everybody who works in a library is a librarian. We have people from lots of different backgrounds. I always love reading, so that was my thing. Prerequisite. Prerequisite. Not everybody loves reading, but I did. I did a degree in English at university, so that was more reading. And then I just, I guess I thought libraries would be a good match for my skills, Mm. and they were. I actually thought that the idea that 
the government would provide free books for people was pretty radical. Where did that come from? And I thought that would be a good thing to be a part of. Reading has always been, you know, a real pleasure for me and to work somewhere where you can extend that pleasure to other people felt very worthwhile. Where your career has travelled, what have been the biggest changes? What have been the big milestones? Well, I think the move from print, from libraries just being about print and text and physical books, moving the books in, moving them out, how long you can take them, when you have to get them back, how do we know where they are? Mm. You talked about the date stamp and all those, Mm. you know, physical things that you had to use to track a lending collection. Once computers came and the computer took care of tracking, the tracking, you know, everything really changed in libraries. And most libraries now don't even have overdue fines. So bring the books back, you know, a bit early, a bit late. It doesn't really matter that much. We know who's got them out. If somebody else is waiting for them, we'll be sending you messages saying, get them back now. Um, if you lose them, then you might need to pay something to re- for replacement. But it's moving away from that crime and punishment model and into really the books should be a source of of joy. And we understand people's lives are busy and complicated. And for those who aren't mobile and can't get to the library as easily as others, uh, there's that uh, chance to download books for uh, from the library itself. That's right. So that's probably been the biggest change in public libraries, that now we have a whole collection that just exists on the internet. So there are books, there are audio books, which, you know, will be read to you. There are movies, there might be music, there are children's programs like I was talking about. So you can borrow something and you'll get it for a set period of time for free. And then when your loan is up, the item will probably just stop working or disappear from your device. and uh, you, had, you had me at free. <laughs> so that's really changed the ballpark on how people get the stuff. The stuff that they get is really the same. Novels, you know, biographies, cookbooks, picked storybooks. What you're consuming is very similar, but the way that you get to it is is really different. How do you get the message out to people who mightn't have been aware? I mean, apart from this podcast, but mightn't be aware of the resources you can actually source online. It's just telling the message and just telling it over and over again, because it is a big change and there's a lot to take in and, the, and there's some new language around the digital collection. They have different names. So really it's just keeping on talking about it and trying to find the things that the patrons want at the time they want them. I remember when we first got the digital collection, I had a patron who said to me, that audiobook has changed my relationship with housework. Really? So I could go on the, on the library, have a look on the library site, or do I have to have an app? The best way to listen or read is through an app but you will probably start from the library site because you need to join up through your library. So you have to be a member to show, I belong to this library. This library has bought these e-books and these e-audio books. And now because I'm a member of this library, that library, your library, I can borrow them. That's how it works. go online, look at your local library and become a member, Yes. free, not charge. That's the opening of the gate towards all the resources within the library and they will assist you if you need to get an app to download something and uh, take you from there. Yes. So don't be frightened. Get a, get, get a young person to help you if you've got a problem or go to the library yourself if you can and find out more. 
Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming by yet again to Your Life Choices to explain more about the wonderful resources within the library and uh, you won't be grumped at by a, a lady who's looking down her glasses at you. Those days are gone. It doesn't smell all musty and horrible. There's resources both uh, in uh, physical and digital that are there. I know that, that a lot of the young mums like to take their, their kids along and it's a fantastic place. Use your library. It's a wonderful resource and um, you should because you're paying for it through your taxes, by golly gee. Sarah, come by and see us again sometime. Thank you, John. Sarah Hopkins, Corporate Manager, Customer Experience at Eastern Regional Libraries. Now known as Your Library. And we thank you so much for coming by to Your Life Choices. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. And until next time, on behalf of Sarah and me, John Deeks, be well and be happy. Be well and be happy.